ultimately, we want your input, and that helps the hiring manager inform them of what the developmental aspect of somebody coming in might look like or how to manage them, but it's really their decision. Hello, and welcome to the Talent Acquisition Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Dull, and on this show, we interview today's industry leaders in talent acquisition to discuss challenges, best practices, and what the future holds. If you're working in talent acquisition and have always wanted to sit down with your peers at other companies to exchange ideas and learn, well, this show is the next best thing. Join us each week as we bring you a new expert interview and extract their expertise. This episode is brought to you by Sagemark HR. Transform your recruiting practices with leading edge technology. Selecting the right recruiting solutions to enable your strategy is one of the biggest challenges leaders face today. You know technology will help, but searching all the options to find out what will work best for your specific needs can be both overwhelming and time consuming. At Sagemark HR, we make selecting the right recruiting technology easy. Our proven process has helped companies such as 3M, Comcast, Stryker, Walgreens, and many more. Reach out to us at Sagemark HR for a free consultation to learn how we can help you improve results with less stress and confidently change from reacting to leading. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Talent Acquisition Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Dull, and today I have a conversation with Beth Greenberg. Beth is the VP of Global TA at Integral Ad Science, or IAS. Beth, welcome to the show. Excited about our conversation. Yeah, so am I. Thank you very much. It's been a minute since we first connected, so I'm glad we finally got this on the books. All right. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited about it. And so let's start out, go over your background. You've got a really impressive background with a lot of great companies in the tech space and others. So go through your background a little bit, how you got started in recruiting, some of the exciting places that you've been and your journey to lead you to IAS. Thank you. You know what? It was all by accident. Back when I was in school, recruiting wasn't even a thing, right? It was still called headhunting. And it's really, it's just mind blowing to see where the industry has come today because I personally feel like the recruiting and talent acquisition team is part of the business. It's not part of HR. While I do report and I love my boss, so don't (laughs) be sad that I'm saying this boss, but I've always felt HR was a different thing. People and the ability to bring in the talent to build the company, to sell the products, et cetera, that's a part of the business. So anyway, started by accident. I was in the wine business. A friend of mine from college had moved from University of Oregon, which was where we were and met. She moved to LA and said, I just started doing this thing called recruiting. You would love it. It's all about just talking to people and it's perfect for you. And I had no idea what that meant. Conned me into it and I ended up in LA and we were working for this very small private, I almost hesitate to call it a search firm, but it was a woman who had been a traditional marketer within consumer packaged goods who went to go become a recruiter. So the companies we worked with were like, think Nestle and traditional blue chip CPG companies. Went from there to a company called Aquent, still around, and was focused on recruiting for Perm. Aquent did all like temp stuff, creative mostly. The woman that I met there, I stayed in very close touch with. She'll come back in a second. I ended up meeting with a client that was in the building that we were in who happened to be a startup. And I left with an offer from the CEO to become their head of recruiting. He was like, why should I pay for an agency? Why don't you just come work here? 
So that's how I started to get into the tech industry. It was a software as a service. It was called Passenger, now called Fuel Cycle, still around, did an IPO, didn't do any of that stuff, but I think still a great company. And that's really where I got into the industry. One of our first primary investors had started a search firm. So a few years later, after we had built Passenger, he said, stay in the family, but come do some retained search for me. Worked with Facebook. And that was when they were hiring all of the big talent back then, all of the engineering talent that really built the company to where it is now. And then he said, we need someone in London to recruit for Palm. So I did it. That ended. And the woman who had hired me at Aquent was now at Google and said, I'm building an exec search firm in the company, come work for me. So that's how I ended up there. But I've had this pattern. Thankfully, I've been recruited by people that I've worked with. I still had to interview for stuff, but it's been a different journey, I think, than a lot of people. So I worked for her at Google within the Medium Platforms organization. Henrique de Castro was there, and that was the leader we were supporting. He ended up leaving and going to Yahoo, ironically. Didn't get there until later. And then at that point, I was ready to leave LA. And the friend of me who got back and got me into recruiting, full circle, said, I'm at Amazon now moved to Seattle. We need someone to lead recruiting for the ads business to build that business. You should do it. I said, sure, that sounds great, but I don't want to move to Seattle. I want to move to New York. Thankfully, it worked out. I ended up moving to New York in 2011. Met Lisa Yu, my current CEO. I spent four years at Amazon building the ads business when it was first called Adzinia. We weren't even calling it Amazon advertising at the time. And then few years in, Lisa, you left to go become chief revenue officer at Yahoo. Tapped me on the shoulder, said, come with me. So I did. And then lo and behold, the timing, the stars aligned. And that's how I ended up at IAS. So she's my CEO here at, at IAS. And really, like I said, my journey has been a really fortunate one in that I've just built really good relationships with leaders that I've supported, not just within recruiting, but the business. And that's really been career making for me. And that's how I ended up here. Yeah, good. that's exciting. A lot of great yeah. companies, a lot of great organizations, a lot of connections that you made and obviously added value and gained their respect. And so they brought you along at other places. So kudos to you. That's exciting. Thanks. Let's talk a little bit about IAS. Talk a little bit about the business, your team, what initiatives you support, like the size and scope of your team, those kind of things. Yeah. So IAS, we are in the media quality business. So just a quick kind of overview. We're publicly traded. We sit within ad tech. We work with some of the world's largest advertisers. We work with agency holding companies. We are firmly based in ad verification, brand safety, media quality. Really, essentially, like I say, we're fighting the good fight when it comes to the ads industry. We want to make sure that ads are viewable by humans and that they are being served to you in safe and suitable environments, basically creating trust and transparency within digital media quality. My team, I have a global team. We are primarily in New York. There are, I think, 17 on the team right now. We've got a person in Sydney who owns and drives APAC with another individual in Pune, India. I have a director in London who supports and leads the EMEA recruiting efforts. She's also working on some exec stuff with me. Chicago, I've got someone in San Francisco. And then again, the rest are the folks in New York. We're all super hands-on, and that's something that you see at IAS. Any leader that comes in, you got to get your hands in the weeds and actually do the work. 
for example, I still own and drive and lead anything at the VP level or above. So I'm actually recruiting on calls, scheduling interviews, meeting, greeting candidates, doing all that stuff too. And we support the entire business. Talk a little bit about some of the initiatives that you've led over the last couple of years. If you rewind back a few years and what you came into, what you've kind of built out over the last couple of years. When I first joined, we were at around 650 individuals. We hadn't yet gone public, but that was the North Star. So one of the things that we were just laser focused on was the process. There was no actual solid recruiting process. There was no interview training. We created an entire values-based interviewing process. We created a values-based interview question bank. I created interview training. I created, again, the entire SLA of what it looks like to work with recruiting and partner from a business standpoint, working super closely with HR to understand leveling and what they had rolled out from a leveling standpoint. Even though the company wasn't a startup, there were still a lot of things that just weren't yet implemented from a process standpoint. And I think when Lisa brought me in, the idea is that we kind of Amazonianify things, right? Because that's something that they do really phenomenally. The Amazon interview process, while it's hard, it is what it is for a reason. We did implement a lot of that type of kind of mentality within the process. I think the other thing was working towards the IPO. So a lot of people, no one knew that it was happening, but I was brought under the tent pretty late in the year in 2020 because I had to hire chief accounting officer and start working towards that. And then quietly also pipelining for post-IPO what that looks like. So bringing in SEC and SOX compliance people, but without tipping people off that was coming. So that was a big one. And I think going through the pandemic, like many others and the great resignation, not only trying to hit hiring targets, but stay ahead of attrition, that was pretty brutal. But keeping the team on track and towards the North Star got them a lot of spot bonuses. And we had lots of recruiting contests, if you will, to make sure that we could fill recs fast enough throughout the year. You know, those were a couple of the things that we worked on. Great. If you wouldn't mind, share a little bit about your interview practices. So the structure of like how Amazon does it, what you took into consideration from them, what you created on your own, and the value that you see that creating at your organization. The company rolled out the IAS values not long after I joined. So those were new. And some of them are similar to Amazon values. And I think, again, we just feel strongly that bias for action, for example, you move quickly, you got to be able to make fast decisions in this industry. So once the values were in place, we, like I said, created rather than an interviewer being assigned to an interview, it was more of an interviewer being assigned to a value. Making sure that as we were preparing for an interview, a pre-brief was going out or we were having a pre-brief call just to make sure everyone who's interviewing the candidates are aligned with what the actual must-haves and nice-to-haves look like. Making sure that the hiring manager is intimately involved in that process, right? Like it shouldn't just come from recruiting and really putting the onus on the hiring team to understand that it's their role. They have to own and drive it. And then again, getting into the question bank. So training the people who were interviewing no matter what the level was, even if they weren't interviewing, we were still putting them through interview training if they were open to it to understand the meaning of going through values-based interviewing and performance-based interviewing questions and walking them through how to do it well and taking some of that kind of 
uncertainty if you've never interviewed before, why it's not hard. It's just a conversation. And here's giving them the tools to do it. Created the interview question bank, which now is still being used as a part of the scorecard. If you're interviewing, for example, you log in, it gives you all the detail. And then it also gives you all the different sample questions that you could ask if you are feeling stumped or if you don't quite know what you want to ask. Then there's like a kind of a rubric when it comes to the calibration on certain attributes. And then ultimately, giving a vote of a hire, no hire, et cetera, and then defining what that actually looks like and really kind of informing the interview panel. We don't all have to agree here, right? Ultimately, we want your input and that helps the hiring manager inform them of what the developmental aspect of somebody coming in might look like or how to manage them, but it's really their decision. And that was a concept that was really hard to believe. Everybody felt like you all had to agree in order to make a hire. So getting managers comfortable with the idea that they could still hire someone, even if someone said no. Yeah, that was interesting. And then having formal debriefs, because that wasn't happening either. You'd interview someone and then you'd never hear anything about it and you weren't quite sure what happened. So really just bringing in a lot of formality to the process. And again, it's a harder, it takes longer, it's more of a commitment, but ultimately we felt that you would make better hires. And I think that we have, I mean, the quality has definitely gone up. That's good. How do you measure that output or that value? Like, how are you tracking that and how taking that into consideration as you continue to look at that interview process? Yeah, we're looking at things like time and role, time until promotion, just general longevity. If people are attriting after a certain period of time, if there are certain teams where we're seeing a pattern of lots of growth, for example, versus another team where we've hired folks and they're at the same level. So really looking at kind of those points specifically, whether longevity, promotion, and where they sit within the performance. Let's talk a little bit about the future. So as you look at this year and beyond, what are some kind of initiatives that your team is launching into or things that are happening, maybe even broader in the TA industry, if you will, that are exciting to you? What are some things that you're looking to in the future? I think right now we're talking about return to office, just like a lot of folks. We've rolled out our mandate, if you want to call it that, and it's very generous. We're asking for one day a week or four days a month. And we're still seeing, I wouldn't call it resistance, but we're still not seeing a lot of folks coming in regularly in certain locations. So we're really trying to understand why, especially if you live in the city, why aren't you getting into the office? What is it? Do you feel truly like you don't want to interact, like that piece of you, like what is it? So return to office is happening. I think from a recruiting standpoint, one of the exciting things, we're building out a new Dublin location. A lot of companies did it a long time ago, but we're just now getting to that. And that's awesome. I have to say the candidates that we have hired there are phenomenal and we're very excited about it. So that's new. We will continue to build out Dublin. And then I think when we look at prioritization, we have a new CFO that joined at the end of last year. We've got some new leaders that are really exciting, a new CMO who joined at the end of last year, some new comms and PR folks. So we're about to roll out some exciting new stuff that I can't talk about in time for investor day and really just continuing to raise the bar, like how we as a TA team are impacting the stock price by the people that we're hiring, who are building and shipping and selling the products that we're selling, like that whole life cycle and understanding where we sit in it and getting them visibility and lifting my team up 
that's really my priority for this next year, trying to get them feeling completely autonomous and me just being in the back. Last question I would have for you is what's a piece of advice that you'd like to share for others in the TA space? Either something that you've been given yourself along the way, something you say to your teams or anything else that you'd like to share that you think might help others in the TA space? I think for me, again, my career was made by Lisa Yu. I'm not going to lie. She has really lifted me up and I worked with her for 12 years this year and she was not a recruiting person. So I always tell my team, if you're a sales recruiter, sit with the sales team. If you're a product recruiter, sit with the product leaders. Obviously, we're not necessarily fully in the office again, but align yourself to people within the business. Not that you shouldn't be aligned to your own team or the HR team, but the business team or the teams that you're supporting, they can provide you with career-making opportunities. And truly, you'll learn more about the business that you're recruiting for and supporting by doing so. And you're giving yourself more visibility, just full stop. And when your name comes up during calibration and promotion time, and the leaders start to go through their list and you're not in that room, make sure that everybody knows who you are because you're the one that's impacting their business, right? There's no need to just go and sit and be with just your team. Be a part of the business because if you don't do it yourself, no one is going to give that to you. Yeah, it's exactly that. I mean, ultimately what you're there to do is provide value to the business that you support and the more value you show and the more ingrained into their business and the more they trust you, Obviously, that's really critical to their success, which in turn turns into your success. So I think that's really excellent advice. And a lot of people talk about that from an advice perspective and how ingrained you really should be getting into the business to show that maximum value. So that's excellent. I appreciate that. Yeah. Be the business. That's what one of the goals was actually for my team. Great. Well, Beth, it's been a pleasure talking with you again, and always great to have a conversation. So thank you very much for joining us today on the podcast and sharing a little bit about your journey. Yeah, thanks, Ryan. Have a great afternoon. Right, you too. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Talent Acquisition Leaders Podcast. If something we said today resonated with you, please subscribe, rate, and download our podcast and share the episode with your network. Ready to transform your recruiting practices with leading-edge technology just like our other clients at 3M, Comcast, Stryker, and Walgreens? Then reach out at sagemarkhr.com for a free consultation.